0: Hi, everybody. This is John Morrow. Welcome to I Never Noticed. This program has been across many, many venues, but this is, again, a part of a series on the effects of stress in your life and what kind of stress can come into your life and what are you going to do to deal with it? Or are you going to be the kind of individual like I was for so long who just tried to suppress it and fail to understand that it was creating consequential results in my physical as well as my emotional and my relational life. And until I get that message across, I'm going to be persisting. So I decided today that I would talk about some of the things that the American Association of Psychologists have been able to determine about physical manifestations within your human body as the result of persistent, subtle, seemingly low-grade personal stress. Welcome, Mark Guy, my co-producer and good friend and confidant. Mark?
1: I am proud to be called your friend and your partner in this job. So the stress you talk you are referring to is the chronic stress, right? The one that carries over day to day, mm-hmm. and it's something we may not feel acutely, but it's there. It's persistent. It's, 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 it's in the background, and it takes some of the mental uh, load, right? It, it's mm-hmm. always there. So, and it creates I'm, an additional burden. And I'm very interested to hear the manifestation and learning more about it and things we can do to be aware. Because I know one hundred percent that stress does create health uh, health outcomes that I don't mm-hmm. want. Yes, I know this. So tell us more.
0: Well, let me set the metaphor up first because I shared this in a previous episode. Remember my story of the individual with their—it can be their right hand or their left hand. It doesn't matter. But what they've done is they've turned the hand over. They've got their index finger laying so that the fingerprint side is resting up and you can set something on the tip of the finger. They've got the arm bent at the elbow and resting against the side of their body. We place the thinnest, lightest coin that we have in the American Coin Collection, the dime, on the tip of that finger and we tell the individual simply go about your day but keep that dime on the tip of your finger and don't put it down, don't drop it, don't Move your arm, just keep it there. You go about what you're doing, that dime remains there. That dime is negligible. You notice nothing about it. Frankly, you know it's there only because you're focusing to make sure it stays on the tip, but you don't feel any weight. It doesn't seem to have an effect. But the very fact that it does have a weight creates a tension. Now, think of that in terms of subtle stress. It's like that dime on the tip of your finger. The the longer it stays there, it doesn't change in weight. Mm -hmm. Not at all. But the longer it stays there, the more it begins to create discomfort, pain, and can ultimately cause damage. We've heard the term repetitive stress. And repetitive stress, of course, we think about, for example, with carpal tunnel syndrome when you're keyboarding and typing and other forms where you use your hands and those digits to manipulate things. But this kind of repetitive stress is much more insidious and far more deadly. So I wanted to spotlight some things that the American Psychological Association released regarding stress effects upon the body. And remember, it doesn't matter what the stressor is. At least to a great degree, we're going to say that it's any form of negative stress, whether it's associated with caregivers, or whether it's associated with your working environment, whether it's associated with your overall physical environment or something else, even something as subtle as a slight increase in your weight. We're talking about stress to the body. And sometimes I think the mental stress is the thing that we discount the most. We think, oh, we got this. I can handle this. (coughs) You know what, John? This is so interesting. I'm so
1: in tune to this message. What can we do? And tell us, if you would, um, the deleterious effects of stress, how,
0: how truly... Destructive it is, and what can we do about it?
1: And how how do you handle it?
0: I remind the listeners again that the information is coming to you from the American Psychological Association, and among those things that are most deleterious to us uh, to begin with, stress creates muscle tension, and we're talking about a chronic stress here. This is a persistent, pervasive, subtle chronic stress, but what happens is tension is manifested throughout the entire body in all phases, muscles, and then it will manifest into the glands, into the circulatory system, into the cardiovascular system, into the endocrine system, into the intestinal system, it manifests throughout the body, and yet, you don't notice it until one day something starts happening, like you start developing persistent muscle pain, because your tense in your shoulders or you feel it in the back of your neck or you feel it in the area there what we call the occipital area of the brain and you wonder about these pains so you start treating it with anti-inflammatories well in reality stress like this will have an effect upon your musculo muscular skeletal system that was the first thing here's an interesting thing the respiratory system stress can actually make you breathe harder now If an individual like myself, for example, I've had to really work on breathing as an important component because as a singer, I had to learn diaphragmatic breathing. And I benefited greatly from that because it allows me to get more oxygen into my system because I am filling my lungs up. But here's an interesting thing. I have allergies and one of those is asthma. And since the subtle stress component has entered into my life, I have found myself now needing my nebulizer which has an albuterol capsule that I use, I have to use it more often because my asthma has been aggravated. And if you have asthma or a lung disease, and God forbid you had COPD, stress will exacerbate that condition and make it worse. So breathing will become more labored because of this subtle stress. And it's not the fight or flight stress. Let me point that out. It's a stress that simply arises from the fact that you never get a break from it. That tension remains. That dime stays on the tip of your finger and continually gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Not because it's gained weight, but because the stress has begun to break you down. And you begin to physically and emotionally tire Now, obviously, another effect, and perhaps even more significant, is cardiovascular. Blood pressure increases. The breathing rate having increased is also going to increase the heart rate. These are all things which put greater pressure on the entire cardiovascular circulatory system. And I haven't even gotten into the things that are released into your body through your glands, which contribute to and add to your bloodstream, therefore creating a greater chance of blockage of arteries and exacerbating such things as cholesterol and plaque. So the cardiovascular system is affected. The heart and blood vessels comprise the two elements of the cardiovascular system, and they work together to provide nourishment and oxygen to the organs of the body. The activity of these two elements is also coordinated in the body's response to stress. Acute stress is momentary, short-term. That's like deadlines or being struck in traffic or suddenly slamming on the brakes to avoid an accident. It causes an increase in the heart rate and stronger contractions of the heart muscle and stress hormones are released, including adrenaline, nonadrenaline, noradrenaline, and cortisol they all act as messengers for these effects. In addition, the blood vessels that direct the blood to the large muscles and the heart dilate, thereby increasing the amount of blood pumped to these parts of the body, it elevates your blood pressure. Chronic stress on the other hand, which is chronic and persistent over a prolonged period of time, can contribute to long-term heart and blood vessel problems The consistent and ongoing increase of the heart rate and the elevated levels of stress hormones and blood pressure will take a toll on the body and wear it down. I take blood pressure medication. I take two blood pressure medications because I have a propensity for blood pressure that's in my DNA. However, even though I'm taking and have had controlled blood pressure in the past, my top number has begun to elevate whereas I should be 120 over 80 in that range it's creeped up to 130 135
1: 140 over 80
0: 81 82 83 84, 85. Yeah. may I offer a thought about mm-hmm. this yeah John
1: I'm gonna I'm going to share something with you yesterday on Facebook which I'm a user of Facebook are you mm-hmm. user I am Facebook? a user of Facebook too there, there was the meme, you know, the meme where, you know, like a little caption and a, and a drawing, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it had a meme from this cartoon. I think it's from uh, uh, Bob Sponge Squarepants, something like that. SpongeBob Squarepants. Yes. And the meme said, and there was many characters standing in line one character, behind another character, behind... And you can see that the character count goes into the distance.
0: Almost like infinity. Yes. Well,
1: yes. We don't know, but... Sort It, of, it, but. it is, but it gives you that sense. Yeah. And you can see the characters, one, two, three. And beautiful, funny characters for, ch- for kids and for adults alike. And then the caption on top says, This is my bills standing in line ready to claim my direct deposit. <laughs> It says Netflix, rent, Spotify, you know, like things like that, right? (laughs) This meme gave me pause. Do we have this system in the United States where we are conditioned Mm -hmm. to go to work, have a direct deposit, we have a line of bills ready to to get into the direct deposit. Mm -hmm. We have created this hamster wheel. Maybe it was created for us. Good metaphor. Maybe it was created for us that we are are so in bondage financially, Mm -hmm. physically, emotionally. And if we don't rise above our current lot or if we don't raise our head above our cubicle or a cube farm, if we don't take a moment and think, what in the world am I doing? In this world, am I going to stress myself, chronic stress, acute stress? Is there a way I can take a step back and thinking, why is this insane cycle of life telling me how I should live my life? Mm -hmm. How I should conduct myself with my family, with my friends, with myself? Who is the real ally? Who can I talk to about this stress? Who can I trust?
0: How can I, does it make sense? It makes complete sense because, because that's the journey that I'm on right now. So tell, because about, of, yeah. Well, because of this experience, and I'll get back to some of the other negative points, but let me just touch on this. Realizing the subtle and yet pervasive and potentially deadly effects of this stress, this tension being constant, never being completely eradicated, never being able to completely rest from it, understanding that it is affecting my sleep patterns. It's making me lethargic at times, understanding that it's affecting my asthma, that it's affecting my blood pressure, that it's affecting my waistline, and many, many other things, affecting my appetites. And I tend to have strange cravings for things which aren't necessarily good for me. I began to realize I needed to seek help. And help can be found, obviously, through research. You can find everything from clinical guides to pointing out of pharmaceuticals that are helpful. The problem with pharmaceuticals is that it's like a Band-Aid. What you really need to have is you need to have a total lifestyle change that allows you to feed your body, both mentally and physically, as well as the environment that you're in, the opportunity to decompress, de-stress, and be able to rest, relax, and actually have quality while at the same time working on the inside of the body to improve the overall health and control those levels of negatives that are created. You've heard the term free radicals. We all know that antioxidants are critical in the taking on free radicals because free radicals are destructive. Free radicals are elevated in stress. Cortisol is elevated in stress. Cortisol affects your waistline. I got on the scale the other day and I weighed 199 pounds, yet I'm wearing a pair of pants that's a little more than an inch larger in the waist because I can't fit into the pants that I fitted into eight months ago when I was 199. What happened? Simple. Negative stress is taking the fats that I'm taking in to burn and redirecting them to my midriff. And my waistline is becoming that tire And this becomes the thing that bears a load upon my body in a very negative way. Strange as it may seem, we're not randomly created. We are specific. Everything about us is specificity of design and purpose, and everything is designed with the brain as the central processing unit to bring us into balance but we are affected by all of the external factors that come in as stimuli to our brain. And that includes a plethora of not just positive experience and positive consumption of foods and things, as well as positive consumption of healthy air and being in positive environments where we're not cold or hot, but we're comfortable. There are also the negatives that affect us. And those negatives, we sometimes slough them off. But over time, they accumulate. They don't dissipate. They collect. They store. And then they begin to manifest in behaviors that affect us physically and emotionally and mentally, psychologically, even in our thinking and our ability to reason and to resolve and to think clearly. I mentioned the endocrine system. Do you know that the adrenal glands are incredible because of what they do to the body as far as being able to deal with moment-by-moment situations. And there is a thing called endorphins. Endorphins are those well-being, good-feeling things that are done when you do something that you know is productive and beneficial. People when they run and they complete that run or they get on the treadmill and they do that 30-minute walk, they get off and they, they're they sweaty, they're tired, they're breathing heavy, But they have this adrenal fluid called endorphin that is being fed into the system which is doing two things. It's creating a sense of well-being because it's actually bringing you down, it sedates you, but it sedates you in a calming way. But at the same time, too, it also has a pain-killing mechanism built into it that actually works like an anti-inflammatory, but a healthy, natural anti-inflammatory, so that where you might be sore, you're not quite as sore as you think you are simply because the endorphin is reducing the tension and the inflammation in the joints and the muscles.
1: So we have to create moments that we are finding fulfillment Mm -hmm. moments and activities, and people,
0: and experiences, right? Yes. See, stress hormones are natural, and I've already mentioned to you that when the body is stressed, the hypothalamus signals an automatic nervous system and the pituitary gland to process and start producing ephedrine and cortisol. These are called the stress hormones. The stress signals from the hypothalamus cause the adrenal cortex to produce the cortisol, and the adrenal medulla to produce the ephedrine, And this, this starts a process that gives the body energy to run from danger. However, if it's subtle stress, you're not engaged in a sudden act of energy to get out of trouble. It is accumulating and building up and becoming, instead of a help, a deterrent. Now, because of the ephedadrine, or the eph, let's see what it's called. It's called, I think it's called epinephrine or something like that, or epinephrine. Epinephrine. Oh, it's epinephrine. Epinephrine Epinephrine gives you the jumps. When I would have asthma attacks many, many years ago, before they developed some of the uh, pharmaceuticals that they have today, if I was having a severe asthma attack, my doctor would actually give me a shot of epinephrine. Mm -hmm. Because by increasing the blood rate, Increasing the respiratory rate by increasing the heart rate and everything, it would work to dissipate and drive and create an anti-inflammatory effect. But if you have this epinephrine in your system and it's persistently there nagging under the surface, it brings up the straw that broke the camel's back syndrome where you can have one little straw after one little straw after one little straw, you and you think you're coping, and then one day that last straw, that final straw, gets put on there, and then you go down. And what happens is that you blow up, you become enraged, you lose. You go you go to a bad place, and this is all yeah. part of it. And, and and as I keep on going, I realize one of the, the manifesting facts is gastrointestinal increase in stomach acid. Increase in difficulty with your bowel system and everything. You start developing problems with constipation. Some people get diarrhea. Somebody's saying, you know, this is crazy. I can't see it doing that. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about the brain here. Let's get back to the real story behind this. It is the brain, Mark. The brain is not a stupid inert piece of equipment. It is a highly, highly integrated an amazingly effective and powerful mechanism for full-body development control operation and systematic success for a long period of time mm-hmm. its purpose is both automatic as well as manipulated engaged mm-hmm. operated added to increased improved You learn, you develop, you grow, you have experiential. The experiential becomes a part of helping you in your coping mechanisms. If you don't have a coping mechanism for the stress, what happens is the brain automatically signals to the body, we got a problem. Bodies start producing this, 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 and this. We need a heart rate increase here. Well, the blood pressure's going to go up, yeah, but we got to do this. Then people suddenly find themselves in a doctor's office being prescribed something for blood pressure. But the problem is... Blood pressure can be controlled. Do you know that stress directly contributes to metabolic syndrome? Yes. Metabolic syndrome is obesity, type two diabetes, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol, All the which things is things We do in not want. We don't want
1: those.
0: And everybody thinks it's related to what you eat, but what you don't realize is that it isn't just what you eat; it's what you think. It's what you allow yourself to think. It's what you allow yourself to be exposed to. It's what you allow yourself to ignore or push to the side or put underneath something to think, I got this, I can handle it. When in reality, you're not handling it at all. All you're doing is that dime is still resting on the tip of your finger And you've been walking around with that dime on the tip of your finger for day after day after day after day, and your arm is beginning to lose its sense of feeling. Your finger is cramped, and you are beginning to feel pain in your shoulders and in your neck and in the side of your body. And over a period of time, you will develop all kinds of physical problems and you will wonder, it's just a stupid little dime. Yeah, but if you keep carrying that dime and you don't do something about it, if you don't change your circumstances so that that dime is no longer resting on your finger but you put it down and walked away from it, you're only going to eventually manifest any one of a number of problems. So as we close today, here is the proposal that I will offer. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physician, I'm not a dietitian. I am a layman and a student of life, just as you are and most of the people listening. I'm not here to question or call into question anyone who is a physician or a doctor or a pharmacologist any more than I'm here to call into question anyone who is a homeopathic specialist or in holistic medicine or deals even in the areas of uh, mental modification, esoteric thinking, meditation, and whatnot. What I'm here is to talk about the things that I'm learning and discovering about what we expose ourselves to in food and environment and our surroundings and people that we can begin to have some control over and exert ourselves in a sense to help ourselves de stress. Obviously, if we could get rid of the stressor, it would be wonderful. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes the stress has to be there because, as I tell people, in caring for mother, I'm always waiting for another shoe to drop. This I've learned to confess. There's no such thing as a stress-free day when you're caring for a person with late-stage Alzheimer's. Yeah. But there are ways I'm beginning to discover where I can help my situation through a number of things, both internally and externally and therefore be able to create a mechanism that doesn't just cope, but it actually begins to reverse and to heal. Yeah. So I hope to impart that hope over the course of the upcoming episodes as I talk about things I've discovered through research and study from good sources that I want to share with people out there listening, regardless of whatever your stressing situation is. Remember, we're talking about chronic stress, and it's something that more people have. And a lot of people have and don't even want to admit they have it. Absolutely. Mark, any final comments? I love being part of this
1: discussion. Specifically, we forget about the stress. We forget in the business of conducting our lives, we forget about things that are important to think about. So thank you, John.
0: And for those of you that were watching me on camera, I just took the last chug-a-lug of my coffee. It was good. Thank you, by the way, Mark. That was great coffee. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, this is I Never Noticed. I'm John Morrow. I am your speaker. My podcast will be heard on SoundCloud and in the iTunes Store. My videos, as I begin to process and develop them, will be on the YouTube Store. And what I want you to do is understand that uh, I'm not the answer to all the questions. I'm simply one of the patients who is learning in life how to share what I've learned through my experiences so that I can help you see a way to a better quality of life, just as I am seeking the same. Thank you, Mark Guy, as always. Ladies and gentlemen, we're done for now, but we'll look forward to being back here again at the same time next week. Until then, please enjoy a wonderful day, a blessed day, and begin to notice because life is full of wonderful delights, but life will also give you answers to your questions when you need help.